Our passage this morning in Isaiah is from chapter 26, verses 1 through 13. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down. The feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world will learn righteousness. Though grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and regard not the majesty of the Lord. Oh, Lord, your hand is lifted high, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume them. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. O oh Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us. But your name alone do we honor. The feds got into a legal standoff with Apple after the San Bernardino terror attack. A judge ordered the tech company to unlock the iPhone belonging to one of the killers. The feds later dropped the case, saying they were able to pull data from that phone without Apple's help. In North Carolina, the then governor, Pat McCrory, signed the state's controversial law to limit bathroom options for transgender people. In response, major companies announced their plans to take their business elsewhere. In Baltimore, a judge found police officer Edward Nero not guilty of all charges in the death of Freddie Gray. The case later ended with zero convictions against officers. The biggest shakeup in recent political history after Donald Trump won enough delegates to clinch the Republican presidential nomination. He later announced Indiana Governor Mike Pence as his running mate. And Hillary Clinton secured the Democratic nomination after an unexpectedly tough challenge from the independent senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders. She later chose the Virginia Senator Tim Kaine as her vice presidential candidate. The worst mass shooting in modern American history happened in 2016 when a gunman opened fire in a gay nightclub in Orlando, 
killing 49 people. He died after a shootout with police. Britain shocked the world when it voted to leave the European Union. Financial markets around the globe plunged after the decision. The U.S. Defense Secretary Ash Carter lifted the ban on allowing transgender people to serve openly in the U.S. military. NASA's Juno spacecraft flew into Jupiter's orbit on the 4th of July, giving us our best look yet at the largest planet in the solar system. Back here on Earth, the FBI Director James Comey announced his decision not to file criminal charges against Hillary Clinton. But just days before the election, Director Comey said investigators were reviewing thousands of newly discovered emails that could be related to the case. After reviewing the new emails, Comey said he is still not recommending any charges against Hillary Clinton. The year also saw major attacks targeting law enforcement officers in several cities. The deadliest happened in Dallas. A suspect shot to death five officers ambush style during a protest against police violence. Officials in Florida announced the first locally transmitted cases of the Zika virus here in the United States. The feds have since warned pregnant women to avoid parts of the Miami area. Nearly 300 people died after a powerful 6.2 magnitude earthquake hit central Italy, bringing down buildings and trapping people under debris. Here in the United States, a series of attacks just hours apart, investigators say a suspect stabbed 10 people at a mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota. An off-duty cop later shot the suspect and killed him. That same weekend, handmade bombs exploded in areas of New York City and New Jersey, injuring nearly 30 people. Police later arrested that suspect after a shootout. The feds banned the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 cell phone from all U.S. flights after reports the smartphone could overheat and burst into flames. Samsung also announced it would stop selling that phone entirely. A massive hack attack on the Internet shut down access to major websites across the nation. The cyber attack targeted a company that manages crucial parts of the web. Do you feel stressed? <laughs> that was a 2016 urine review by Fox. Pretty overwhelming, isn't it? And it puts us in a place of real stress and fear and anxiety. I let it go on for a while because that's what's been going on this year. And we're feeling it. We're feeling it. Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you. I do not give in that way. I give to you my peace. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 14, 27. So if the promise of the Lord is my peace, I leave with you, I give it to you, I pour it out upon you, then why am I still not sleeping at night? You know, actually, America is the number one nation for lack of sleep. And the primary reason is finances, money. If the promise is that the Lord gives me peace, why am I torn up and deeply worried about my health condition going on? Why am I so anxious about all my bills that I have to pay? Why am I still angry about and worried about the decisions that our government is making? Why am I in conflict with my close relationships? Why am I not in peace? Sometimes you feel like, well, why pray when you can panic? And we go there. 
Again, we watch all this and it just creates this incredible stress and anxiety and fear in us. Peace seems elusive, doesn't it, in today's world? And so the question this morning is, how can we have peace in this chaotic world? And so let's pray for that. Father, as we watched that video this morning, we were just reminded of just the turmoil of our world. All of the evil and the destruction and the hurt and the pain and the suffering and the confusion. And Lord, we have to admit it's hard for us to be in a peaceful place. And yet you promise us, Father, that your peace is given to us. And so we ask that we would receive that this morning from you. If we came this morning stressed and worried and filled with anxiety, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will pour out your peace upon us. We trust you for that, Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Well, as we enter Isaiah 26, it's a wonderful chapter and a song has to be sung. Praise must be given as we gave this morning in song because Christ is victorious. It's his ultimate reign, the King of Kings has come, victorious over sin and death, leading his people in righteousness. Like Isaiah says, we will sing a new song. We're going to sing in the city. It's a strong city. Open the gates. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace. There is a rejoicing because of his salvation. And Lord, the Lord says through Isaiah, you keep him in a perfect peace. You know, just hearing that perfect peace, you just go, oh, I want that. I long for that. We have that image of a, of a baby resting in the bosom of his mother. How can we come to this place of perfect peace in this chaotic world that we live in? How do we get there? Because the Lord wants to give it to us. Will we receive it? Yesterday was kind of a nice day. I went up to Bogus Basin and had a great day with my sons. And then I came home and... Uh, I guess I just realized more than ever, like, all the grass was starting to show. What a wonderful thing. The snow was melting. And at first it was, it was wonderful to me, and then I was looking around the yard, and then it brought up these anxieties in me, because I remember last year there were certain areas uh, that were just full of weeds. And I spent, I spent a lot of last year pulling weeds. And I realized yesterday I was starting to worry about the weeds and that they're going to come up again. And I think our, our yards, the grass and the weeds actually kind of let us focus a little bit on worry and peace. You know, one of the things I know about my yard is that the area where the, the grass is thick and beautiful and green, you know what I realized? I don't pull weeds there. It's healthy. But over here where it's sparse... And some places where there's just no grass at all, boy, the weeds just flourish. And then I spend most of my summer trying to figure out how to get rid of the weeds. The weeds are a worry, aren't they? The grass, the green grass, is peace. It's healthy and good. God gives us that. We can rest there. Remember in Psalm 23? And I will make you lie down in green pasture. It's a beautiful image of God's peace. And I started to think about yesterday, 
you know what? I need to focus on cultivating the green grass. I need to focus not so much on the weeds and getting rid of the weeds. I need to focus on investing on how can I have green grass and spending my time there so that there can be health and rest and peace. And I think that's what the Lord wants from us. That we aren't so fixated on pulling the weeds, on the worry, but fixated on, Lord, how can I draw into you? And how can I cultivate this relationship with you? And how can I feed into life in you? And that out of that comes this beautiful green grass, this place of peace. The cultivation is not something that we do. It's not do more, do more, do more for Jesus. But the cultivation comes by resting in our identity in Christ. As children of God, that's where we cultivate. Resting in our identity in Christ, and we hold on to the truth that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, that when we turned over our hearts to Him, we stopped trying to live on our own strength and live for ourselves. When we did that, we were placed in Christ, and Christ was placed in us. We have life in Christ. And because of that, because of that truth, we can truly have peace, His peace upon us. Right in the middle of all of the chaos and the pain and the suffering and the confusion that just swirls around us, we can have green grass and we can rest there. You keep Him in perfect peace, those whose mind has stayed on you, Because he trusts in you, verse 3 says. Verse 4 goes on, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You, God, keep us, keep him in perfect peace. The Hebrew is pretty wonderful there. It's shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Perfect peace. It's It's a double stuffing of peace. Peace from God alone is great. Perfect peace is even better. And what Isaiah is reminding us of is that you, God, keep us in perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. You do that work. What does shalom mean? What's, what's that idea? We know when we, we've been to Israel, many of us together, and we say shalom along the road. That wonderful word for peace. Jerusalem, as you know, Jeru shalom, city of peace. What does it mean? It really has the idea of of being complete, whole, of safety and soundness, truly having rest and quiet and contentment, but in all of that being made whole. You, God, put us in shalom, shalom. It's all your work. And I want to fix on you. I want to cultivate that. I want to keep my eyes fixed on you. Not, not be drawn to, oh, I have to think about the worries and the weeds. But I want to take it and focus on you and the green grass. And so I come to you looking for life and peace and rest. Perfect peace comes as our minds, the Scriptures say, are stayed on Him, are focused on Him. That our loving Lord is right there with us that we're focused on the fact that the Lord does love us. 
that we're thinking of the character of our holy God. And one of the things that we think about is that, you know what? Even in the middle of all this craziness that we saw this morning, God is good. He's good. And He brings His goodness to us. And He brings His peace to us. He brings us to a place where we can rest in Him. He brings us to a place where we can trust Him because He's our rock. Let us focus on those things. Let us cultivate with Him peace. Our minds are stayed on Him. This perfect peace comes from relationship with our Lord and it only comes from God. He says, I give, remember that John 14? I give, not as the world. The world says peace is this absence of conflict, war. And it's not a peace that's some sort of Zen meditation that's going on. I don't give as the world gives. Real peace only comes from the Lord. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. He says, a car is made to run on gasoline. And it wouldn't run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine, us, to run on Himself. He Himself is the fuel that our spirits were designed to burn. Or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That's why it's no good asking God to make us happy or give us peace in our own way without bothering about God. God cannot give us happiness. God cannot give us peace apart from Himself. Because it's not there. There's no such thing, C.S. Lewis says. Let's just take a minute to think about peace. To sort of have a doctrine on peace and what that looks like. Because peace comes in many forms. Peace comes with God. There is a peace of God. And there's peace from God that we see throughout the Scriptures. Peace with God. Peace with God means that our problem with sin has been settled by the blood of Christ. Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace from God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. It starts there. Being in right relationship with our loving God. Then there's peace of God or God in us. You know, it's interesting. A lot of us who have peace with God, we've been made right before the Lord. We've surrendered our lives to Him. The reality is we don't have the peace of God. We're still churning all the time. We're still in fear all the time and incredible anxiety when He gives that to us. I think the question for all of us, why aren't we receiving that? My peace I leave with you. That's, that's just not something he throws out there. That's a promise of the Lord. My peace I leave with you. And yet many of us who are in a love relationship with Jesus aren't experiencing that. Why are we resisting? Because we're focused on the weeds. Our eyes aren't fixed on Him. Peace of God. This wonderful sense of God's presence. The peace of God is not absence of problems. It's the presence of divine sufficiency in the midst of our problems, isn't it? We're not, we're not immune to the suffering and the problems of this world. And we never shall be. But His divine sufficiency is there. 
Philippians 4. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything. He's basically saying there, stop being anxious. Stop focusing on the weeds. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's focusing on cultivating the grass. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, another promise of the Scriptures. Why aren't we experiencing that? Why do we keep going to being anxious? Why do we form these clubs, these worry clubs? Oh, you're worried about that? Me too. Let's worry together. It's sin, people. It's sin. Stop being anxious, the Lord says. I've given you my peace. And yet the world swirls around us and we look at the weeds. And we keep trying to pluck them and and we're just focused on the weeds and more weeds. When we could be at rest and at peace laying on the grass. F.B. Meyer says, If we allow all the worries, anxieties, the careworn questions to brood in our hearts... They will soon break up our peace as swarms of tiny gnats will make a paradise uninhabitable. That's what anxiousness does. Peace with God, peace of God, and peace from God. That's peace all around us. Isaiah 48, we'll get there uh, later on this year, but Isaiah 48 starts to speak about peace like a river. Oh, if you had heeded my commands, then your peace would have been poured out like a river. Not some trickling stream, but this flood of peace. If you would have just followed me and and cultivated the grass. Look to me for life. Let my peace come upon you. Picture peace for a minute, would you? Actually, close your eyes. And I want you to to go to your happy place, your, your peaceful place. Just think about what that looks like for you. A psychologist did a seminar at a a college recently and asked people to think this very question. What's your peaceful place? What does it look like? And he asked for some response back. Some of the response back was, oh, this, this this wonderful space out up in the mountains, wide open, covered with snow, and then soft white flakes are falling down. And I'm just there by myself and the flakes are coming and it's just peaceful. Others said sitting in in a grass field with flowers, warm sun coming on, just me enjoying the beauty of the day. Another said, and this was my favorite because I'm a fly fisherman, standing in an amazing river, casting out my line and looking at the beauty of God all around me. Those are wonderful images of peace. But what the psychologist evaluated after all this, and he's done many, many surveys, he said it's really interesting. As we ask people about these images of peace, we find that there's nobody else in it but you. There's no other people. That peace is without other people. To the Lord, that's troubling. Because God's a God of relationship. And God wants to give you peace and amazing joy and amazing life in your relationships. And He can. And He does. Peace isn't meant to exist without other people. It can be at times. 
But if that's your only thought, I can only have peace when no one else is around, that we're not relying on the sufficiency of Christ because He is our peace. And remember like Adrienne read this morning, it's I who no longer live, but it's Christ who lives through me. That's another promise of the Lord. Why aren't we receiving peace? Cultivating peace. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You see, we see the Lord as we, as we are enjoying peace with one another. God's glory is, is made manifest. God's peace is meant to pour out into our communities and into our relationships. And like Hebrews says, let's pursue that. Cultivating peace, you keep Him in a wonderful, perfect peace. Trust in the Lord, that everlasting rock. We receive the peace when our minds are stayed, when they're focused, when they're leaning on Him. And that's what that word stayed means. You receive perfect peace when you are putting all of your weight on Him, leaning on Him. I trust it. I'm leaning against this rock. It's not going to move. He's saying, that's where I want you to get to. I want you to cultivate your relationship with me by putting all your weight on me and knowing that I will stand firm. Lean on me and receive my perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. And what happens is, when our minds, when we're loving the Lord our God with our minds, we start to change and we start to receive His peace. Nicholas Ivins was telling me something that's kind of cool. He does a lot of learning studies and how people learn and, and, and how to help them learn. And he says one of the things we're finding is that as you practice things, actually your, your neurons change. Your thinking changes. And he said, for example, if, if you were having struggles with, with finances, to start to put into practice giving, giving, and in your giving, you're learning to trust God for your finances and His provision. And you put that into practice, all of a sudden your mind starts to change. You start to have this, this, this habit now and this response of, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give now. My mind has stayed on. I'm leaning on trusting God to be my provision. How do we, how do we practice having our minds stayed on the Lord How do we receive this perfect peace? We cultivate it. If you're having difficulty in relationship and you're struggling, start to practice offering forgiveness. Leaning on God that you know what? He works in hearts. Leaning on God that He enters in and provides reconciliation because He's a God of reconciliation. Putting that into practice. We lean into Him and we start to... To, as our mind are stayed on Him and, and His goodness and, and His Spirit, as we, as we learn to trust Him. And the thing is, and some of my other friends were, were reminding me, it's really a wrestling, isn't it, with the Lord? Let's say a physical illness comes upon you. Receiving peace, having a mind that's stayed on the Lord, that's leaning on Him, it's a wrestling. It's like, Lord, I don't get this physical illness that You've given to me, that's come upon me. And yet the more you lean, the more you lean and you wrestle with the Lord like Jacob did, my peace I leave with you. You see, He gives you peace as you trust in Him, as your mind has stayed on Him. 
And it's okay that it's an honest wrestle. God doesn't get offended by that. But lean on Him. Have your mind stayed upon Him. How else can we have peace in this chaotic world? We can have peace because we know that His loving justice plays out. Look at verse 5. He's humbled the inhabitants of the height of the lofty city. He lays it low. He lays it low to the ground. He casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it. The feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. Isn't it interesting? We want justice, and God is a God of justice. And He brings those on high, down low. And then this gives us the image, the ones who are trampling upon it are the ones that were oppressed and needy. Justice comes. God's justice. And we can have peace in that. We can have peace knowing that our God is just. We can have peace pursuing Him and His ways. It's part of our leaning into. Look at 7 and 8. The path of righteousness is level. Of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. On the path of your judgments. O Lord, we wait for You. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. Sometimes we feel chaos in our lives, anxiety, stress, because we choose to go down our own path. That's just what we choose to do. My son Alex the other day, we're up at Bogus. Last run of the day, we're coming off the Morningstar chairlift. We parked over at Silver Queen. There's one path. You come down the hill, you take the cat track, it takes you right over to Silver Queen. My son Alex got going down the path. He kind of looked left and he thought, oh, maybe I should go left. And he ended up going down Lulu, which was icy as all get out, and ended up having, you know, some kind of wrecks down the way. And we're waiting for him over at Silver Queen, which is, you know, down the ways a little bit. And no Alex. Praise God for cell phones, honestly. So I call him on my cell phone. I'm like, buddy, where are you? Uh, I'm kind of down at the main lodge. And uh, not quite sure how I got here. You see, sin does that. It takes us places we don't even want to go. You know? We have stress in our life because we're choosing our own path. The Lord says, follow my path. It's, it's level. It's smooth. It's righteous. It's good. How can we have peace? By following the Lord. He gives us shalom, shalom. Peace acknowledges, we can have peace when we acknowledge God's hand upon everything. Verse 12, Lord, you will ordain for us peace. You have indeed done for us all of our works. It's Lord, it's you who are in charge of everything. Lord, you're sovereign over the nations. You're sovereign over everything. And so, Father, we praise you. Nothing is out of your control. You alone are our salvation. You are our rock all that's swirling around us like we saw on the news, you are not out of control of that. Your hand is upon us. And so we can trust you and have peace. Peace, it's all Him. And I love the ending of this chapter. And one of the main reasons we can have real peace, shalom, shalom, in this world. We can have peace because we know where our real home is. We know where our real home is. You ever, you ever lived in a college dorm, any of you? You know, it's, it's this weak attempt at trying to make it feel like home. And the reality is, it's just not. 
you walk in, I, I go to my, my son's uh, school at Westmont, and, you know, there's pizza boxes all over the floor. Uh, there is a smell in there that I just can't describe. And it's really death. And you know what? No matter what, it's just not home. And I hear that from, oh, I can't wait to come home. That's us as followers of Christ. We're living in a college dorm and we're like, oh, I can't wait to get home. That's where real peace is. And the promise of the Lord, and He does this, He says, listen, the dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You're going to dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. There is the promise of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in Isaiah. That's where our hope is. All of our lives, we live in this wonderful hope and we can live in this wonderful peace. Why? This isn't our home. All this junk that we saw this morning, that's because this is a broken world. It's not our home. And we can have peace in the middle of all of this because our home is with God in eternity. And so what he says and what he wants you to receive this morning is shalom. Shalom. Let's pray. Father, you are so good. And I just pray this morning, Lord Jesus, please pour out your spirit upon us. And may we receive your shalom. Shalom. Your perfect peace. Amen.